0: minded we were blinded looking for peace without jesus we can't find it ministry minded we were blinded looking for peace without jesus we can't what up what up what up what up how y'all doing welcome to another episode of anthony's godly guidance i hope you love it i hope it blesses you more importantly i hope it gets you closer to god enjoy What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Anthony, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance. Today uh, starts a new series, and this series is Grace. Now, I know in the past, on the last one, I said we would be starting a pride series, or at least episode, but um, I I gotta put that on the on the back burner at least for a little bit because I forgot that I had uh, had something I was working on, but that's still coming. Anyway, so this Grey series is going to be three episodes. I don't believe more than that. Maybe four. Sorry, it'll be four episodes, but it won't be more than that. Um, And I want to start this first episode and it's the... um, the, the title to this one is Judgment from Christians. And um, I want to start with a paraphrase. And it says, if we put some of the stuff any of us are dealing with up on a wall, uh platform of some sort, what would it say about our lives? Now, I want to say that, and uh, I'm going to start off with reading 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 7. And it reads, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about the injustice, but rejoices whether the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Now... We're gonna break those down uh verse by verse and talk a little bit about it. So verse four. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then verse four, I'll read it again. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So question. Do we more do we worry more about what other what others in the world are doing? Sorry. Do we worry more about what the world is or isn't doing sometimes? Think about that. And again, this is to the Christians. Excuse me. Do we worry more about what the world is or isn't doing? Are we so wrapped up in what they are doing that we don't focus on what we should do? Is that a distraction for us sometimes? I would like to, th- I would go on record as saying I believe we do, you know, because if we're being honest, our call to to life is, well, it's a little more uh, hard than theirs by the world. And what I mean by that is we have some things that we have to abide by that they do not, not to say that our lives are any more or less hard than theirs in that regard, but the moral compass that we are to live out, make for some very hard choices sometimes and some hard living. And so I I think oftentimes we are more, we focus more on what the world is doing or what they're not doing or what they have or what they don't have or what they don't have to do or whatnot, and sometimes it, it, it eclipses what we're trying to do in our life. And I I say that not from a place of judgment, but I say that from a place of, I get it because I've been there myself. There's quite a few times where I've been upset about, you know, something that has to do with my walk. And then I see somebody who doesn't love, care for, or admit to being God. And it seems that their life is, well, for lack of a better phrase, you know, you know, without worry or, you know, I shouldn't say without worry. Let me say that their life seems to be going easier than mine. You know, they seem to have access to things I don't. And it seems to be like, you know, they're, they're, they have what they need. And I, who am a believer and a follower, often feel like, well, dang. I'm doing what you have me to do. Why am I dealing with this? And so I think this part plays in. This plays into some of the aspect that comes from the Christians judging, <laughs> judging people in the world. You know, it's uh. Well, you know, how, what what is it? I, I don't I don't remember the. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> well, they don't, you know, they don't have to deal with what I got to deal with and they get what they want. And you know, we can we could be mad at God about that. But we could also start for, you know, as the world coins it hating on hating on non-believers, you know, mad at them because they got they got some stuff and we don't, you know, and you know, not And here's where the judgment part comes in, because just because someone who's a non-believer has a lot of things doesn't mean they did anything immoral or wrong to do it. And that's where that's where we've got to get better as Christians and not be putting that label on people and being like, oh, well, they got that nice ride. They must have they must have stole something, you know, they must be selling drugs or something like that. I mean. Christians. We're not the only ones who work. You know what I'm saying? We're not the only ones who work hard. In fact, in a lot of instances, non-believers seem to have a hard um, work harder than we do. They work harder for what they believe than what we do for what we believe, which is a whole another Bible verse that I'm not going to get into at this point in time. I just wanted to preface that. So to go with that, here's another question. Do we have a haughty, Do we have haughty Christians that talk at people instead of talk to people? And that would go with the with the um, boastful or proud. Do we have haughty Christians who talk at people instead of to people? Uh, My answer to that is, yes, we do. And I say that because of experience when I was growing up. There were a lot of hearty Christians who said a lot of things and passed judgment about a lot of different things and was saying this about people and or about me personally, you know, and it got to a point where I was like, well, you know, you had all these people saying, oh, well, you doing that, you're going to hell, what? You're going to hell, what? you going to hell, and that's all you heard. And so it got to a point with me where I was like, well, if I'm going to hell, then what's the point? might as well just do what I do. And so I made a lot of choices in life because I was like, well, according to everybody else, I'm already going to hell, so it doesn't matter. And that's that's the issue with talking at people instead of talking to people. We need to talk to people and not condemn what they're doing, but talk to them. Find out what's going on with them. Find out, you know, is there a reason for for certain addictions or behaviors as opposed to uh oh, man that that's saying you going to hell for that. So I, I I strongly believe that we have a lot of Christians who talk at people <laughs> instead of talk to people. And I mean a lot of religious folk who who were uh you know, got my holier-than-now mentality, which, again, I've said this before, but it it pushed people away from from Christianity. People don't want to be bothered with, it, with us because there's a, there's a, a nice number of us who are holier-than-now mentality and spending more time telling people how they're wrong and going to hell instead of telling people how they can be right and not. And let's be real. Actions if actions got if you if our actions is what got us into hell, there would be none of us going to heaven. Even the the haughty judgmental Christian, quote unquote, that is judging everybody based on their merit. I mean, that's the whole concept of grace. If if actions get you in and in and if, if actions get you into heaven. Then that impure thought that you had as a Christian, well, that just that just took you out of out of your heaven seat, and it doesn't have to be a lustful impure thought. It could be a vengeful impure thought, anger, or, you know, pride. So, that, that you know, let's let's watch that boastfulness, and let's not uh let's not be so quick to condemn. <laughs> Uh, and so with that, I have another question. Do we often mistake being direct and love with being rude or forceful? Again, my answer to that is yes. I know a lot of circumstances or a lot of people who are saying, you know, I'm just being, I'm just being truthful. I'm just saying, I'm just saying what other people won't say. Um, they, they, they're, they mistake Being direct in love with being rude or tactless. And I think there are a lot of people. This is in and out of the church, mind you. But since this this message is directed to Christians. I'm speaking to Christians and Christians. There are a lot of Christians who are so busy trying to speak truth. Air quotes that they're not busy trying to speak in love. And there are so many different spots in the Bible where it says Jesus compelled with compassion or Jesus looked on them with compassion. (laughs) You know, Jesus' Jesus focus was helping people. And, you know, sometimes his helping people was, let me help them before I preach to them. Uh, and i believe that was the case most often but we we tend to have it backwards we tend to want to preach at people telling them what where they wrong and what they ain't doing and and you know but being truthful and we wonder why people don't want to hear it you know nobody wants to be condemned or talked at we don't and so why because I mean, let's be honest, Christians. Do you do everything God tells you to do? Chew on that for a minute. Do you do everything God tells you to do? If you say yes, you're a lie. Because I know there's things. Now, I think, I do believe that a lot of us are resistant to what He says, and we eventually do it. But is that, again, is that doing what He says? If God tells you to do. Do something now, and you don't do it now. Is that not, is that not being disobedient? And yet we'll jump on somebody who's not Christian in a hot second because they're gay or because they're living, you know, fornicating or because they're alcoholic or drug addict. And then we're sitting there telling them, "Oh man, y'all are wrong. Y'all are sin. Y'all doing this." And God says, "Well, I want you to go buy that person something to eat." And we're like, "Nah, man, I ain't messing with that. That's disobedience. Disobedience is sin. So um, let's let's not be so quick to condemn people for their wrongdoing. Let's let's focus on our wrongdoing. <clears throat> and to me, the best way to get to people is to show people compassion. To show people. That you genuinely care about them. And if they believe you genuinely care about them. They're more apt to listen to what you're saying. Now in order to get people to show. Or to see that you genuinely care about them. You got to do more than talk. Sometimes it could be as simple as just listening to people talk. Sometimes it could be they're struggling with something they need help. Sometimes you know they do need that advice. But you got to build that relationship to get to that point. And if we're sitting there spouting out how people were wrong and going to hell and telling them all this and that, well, they are not going to hear truth from us because they tuned us out. So that that being <laughs> <coughs> rude or forceful with with truth doesn't do anybody any good. Our savior didn't do that. So, let's uh, let's try to be more Christ-like, even when it comes to things like showing love to people that we deem unlovable, or people that we think are lost, or people that we think aren't listening. So, I just I just want to throw that out there, and that's all. Verse four. <laughs> I haven't even got on. I haven't even got past that yet. <laughs> So verse 5 and I read verse 5 again and it says or rude it does not demand its own way it is not irritable it keeps no record of being wronged. So we are good at pointing out what what the world is doing wrong but seem to forget what we're doing wrong. We love keeping track. You know, we're we're quick to point out that some of the examples I've already used, you know, the world is, <coughs> excuse me, the world is all about fornication. The world is all about money. The world is all about, you know, these things. We're quick to point that out. We love keeping track of, you know, see what, see, look what, see, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. And in the midst of keeping track of these wrongdoings, we're looking past. Our wrongdoing and some of our wrongdoing is I mean let's let's call it what it is sin is saying if you're doing something wrong it doesn't matter you know just because they're they're in a uh, homosexual relationship as, as sin and and what somebody else is saying is something like in their eyes quote-unquote as simple as telling white lies we can't we can't, um, what's the word I want to say, we can't sit here and cover up the fact that those little white lies are sin, and in God's eyes sin is sin, and not matter if you, what you're doing, so we got to quit keeping track of the wrongdoings of the world, and be mindful of what we're not doing. 'Cause we have plenty of things within ourselves that we need to fix. We're supposed to be the example for the world to follow. And if our if we if our example is being um, judgmental and pass you know, passive and what I mean by passive, passive, like passing the passing the blame, that's what I wanna say. Passing the blame of wrongdoing to other people, guess what the world's gonna do? and then we try to preach to them christ and they're like man i ain't trying to hear that fool i know what you do you do yada 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 blah 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 and you got all this going on and then you want to sit here and get on me about what i'm doing no thank you and can you blame them for that i most definitely cannot blame them for that i i mean i've been on the other side i i i know i've said i was raised in the church but there's a time where i wasn't in the church and it's because of what I'm talking about right now is because there were so many so many Christians that were so busy telling me what was wrong with my life that they weren't looking at what was wrong with their life. And some of it was in plain sight to see. So then it's like, well, how are you going to sit here and condemn me for it? You keeping track of what I'm doing wrong, yet you ain't addressing what you're doing wrong. So let's let's quit keeping score on what the world's doing wrong and let's try to show them what's right. Interesting concept. It just might work if we would just quit condemning. So that's all I want to say about verse five, because it's kind of disconnected to what I was saying before. Verse six. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. <clears throat> we are more worried about people getting our the question. Are we more worried about people getting saved, or are we more worried about people getting our point of view? Hear me, Christians. Are we are we more worried about people getting saved, or are we more worried about people getting our point of view? That goes right back with that pride we were talking about before. Is it that we want people to understand what we are preaching, what we are saying, what we think they should be doing, or are we more worried about that they get saved? Now, the superficial answer that mo- you know a lot of people would say, is right off the bat is, yeah, I'm more worried about them getting saved. But then actions or word, you know, don't don't necessarily stress that point. And it's like, okay, well, I I hear you saying that. But all I see is the opposite. I see you telling me that you're more worried about saving people. But what I see is you're more worried about judging people. And this is, this is the way I phrase that statement is coming from somebody who's not of, of Christian faith talking to us as Christians. And we want to get mad when people do that or say that, but do, is there a reason they're saying that? Is that, you know, is there something they're seeing that's leading them to believe that my my guess would be yes i mean i know we want to say that all these things you know that the enemy is bringing all these different things against us and all this judgment from the you know that the world is saying is unjust and unfair because it's coming from the enemy and i know a lot of that is coming from different things we read in the bible and I, I I agree with that, but I think we'd be remiss to to chart the responsibility that well a lot of the, the way a lot of the ways we are looked at are not because people are being unfair or unjust. It's because people are watching us. They're paying attention to the things we're doing. They're paying attention to what we're saying, and then they're watching our actions. You know, you we 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 preach of a a loving caring just god and then we condemn someone for their sin which one is it and i believe a lot of people in the world are calling us on that now how are you preaching a just loving god in one breath and then telling me how how screwed up i am and how there's no hope for me and i'm going to go to hell I mean put ourselves in their shoes. Wouldn't if 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 in the same boat for whatever different reasons, wouldn't we have the same thought process? Wouldn't we be on that same like, man, I'm not trying to hear you. Look at how you living look at how you live in your life. <clears throat> the miracles Jesus did was to get people to see what he was to see what he was saying. So he showed a miracle, he blessed them, he gave them sight, he healed them. And then he preached to them. Why? Because Jesus was no dummy. He knew how he he knows how we are as people. And so he was like, "Well, let me give him a taste of what I'm saying." And then we get that taste and then all right. Now you were now now I'm willing to listen to what you're talking about as opposed to you just come up telling me something like, man, I don't know you. And I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of the people he was talking to knew of him and they knew of him as a carpenter. So they would be like this car, this dude. Who is this dude? How, what is he talking about? How does he know all this? What, I mean, please, what are you talking about? And then, you know, he's he's doing these miracles. He's showing the love that he's preaching. And so people are more apt to listen. And I mean, let's be real, not everybody listened to him. I mean, it says in the Bible that he didn't he couldn't do any miracles in his hometown because people were too so caught up on the fact that he was a carpenter. They like we know his mama, his daddy, his his siblings. Who is this fool? He don't don't listen to him. He don't know what he's talking about. And well, you know I mean there that is a that is a possibility that we're gonna run into that, but let's let that be because of them, not because of us. if there's if they choose not to listen to us, let's let that be because they made that choice, not because we forced that choice on them. We don't want people to not want to be bothered with Christianity. Because we misrepresented Christ, we want you know if people choose not to listen, we showed them love, we taught them what we know. The rest is up to them. Again, the Bible that the Bible says that we have to plant the seed. Some plant the seed, some water the seed, and if your job is to plant the seed, just plant it. And if it doesn't take, it doesn't take because there's another. There's another uh, parable that Jesus talks about with the so you know sowing seeds. Some seeds land on on concrete, it doesn't seep in. Some some seeds land on like sand and it kind of grows, but the sun takes it out. Some lands on concrete, it's not gonna go through. And others land on fertile ground. And I mean it, we don't get to choose. What that is, we just we just got to do it. We got to show the love. So let's worry more about people getting saved. And I don't want to say worry. Let's focus more on people getting saved and not worry about if people want to listen to or agree with our point of view. Lastly, seven, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Because if we care more about saving people, then verse seven or verse four aren't that hard to do. If our main focus is saving people, then the love that, that, that is being said to us, we won't be haughty, we won't be jealous, we won't be <coughs> excuse me, vengeful. We will love, we won't give up on people because we care about their we care about their um, salvation. And not our point of view so I uh, I want to move on I'm gonna move on to first John let's see what is it first John 2 1 and 2 and I must start sorry my dear my dear children i am writing this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father he is jesus christ the one who is truly righteous he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins but the sins of the world now believers did you hear that last part not only our sins but the sins of the world. So when we're when we have these haughty religious Christians walking around, here's 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 something to throw, here's, here's something we need to hear. Ooh, excuse me. Jesus died for the sins of the world, not just for our sins. And it's been said on this podcast before, and I'm gonna say it again. We are all one Jesus away from hell. So when we walk around with that, uh, oh, I, I got Jesus, I'm going to heaven, uh, you know, and trying to condemn me. But let's forget one choice, and we're not, we're not in that. And we were in that predicament with them before, so let's pay attention to that. The fact that Jesus died, and not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world, because Jesus wants to save the world. So let's not condemn them, let's save them. Because again, in uh, John three seventeen, it says, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. And, you know, think about it. Do we forget that we are all righteous because of Jesus? Or do we think we're righteous because of how many times we read our Bible or where we go to church? what mu- We listen to worship music. I give to the poor. a tithe. Do we think all those things makes us righteous? Because if you do, there's another sector in the There's another group in the Bible who thought that way. And they're the same people who put our Savior on the cross. So if we don't want to, we don't want to judge the Pharisees for what they did. When we have Pharisees, Pharisee-like tendencies ourselves. So just some, just something to think about. <clears throat> um, and as I said before, we are all want Jesus away from hell. And I got that from Creflo Dollar. That's not mine. I can't own that. I mean, I like to say that, you know, I, I came up with that. It's pretty, pretty smooth, but it's not me. It's not me. It's not mine. It's not mine's. This is his. <laughs> is not mine's. This is his. I like that. That's funny. Um, <coughs> so I, uh, I did this message at, at my, at my church, and um, it was one message. I'm separating it into, uh, three different, um, episodes for the sake of, I get to go more in depth with what I'm talking about. Um, and I use this example when I was there (coughs) and again, Christians, this is for you. So I go to the gym, fitness center, whatever, and the person that helps me is overweight. Now, if my thought is, man, now how is this person going to be overweight and they're going to be at this gym and they're going to try to sell me this gym membership? Is that right? Now, if you're being truthful, you should think, no, that's not right. That's being judgmental. And if you thought that, think about this. How many times has one of us decided to write off an atheist you know, we write someone off because they're atheists. Is that right? You know, they're far-fetched, example. I mean, they're, you know, I shouldn't say far-fetched. It's, I'm, being, I'm exaggerating this on purpose, but think about it. People will agree that it's wrong for me to judge whoever's working behind a counter at a gym but some of these same people will judge an atheist and how is that right both are judging the book by its cover both are shallow how do we hope to help an atheist see the light if all we do is condemn them if all i do is tell this said atheist that they're wrong they're going to hell god you know god don't like ugly and all the other Silly stuff that isn't in the Bible. I mean, yes, sin is not believing that Jesus is in the Bible. So let me preface that. But God don't like ugly and, you know, all that stuff, that's not in the Bible. And if we sit there telling people that, God going to get you. Well, if that's the case, then God's going to get us because according to the Bible, he took his wrath out on Jesus. So there's no more wrath so how why is he going to get us now you know that's that's just something to something to chew on a little bit when we're sitting here talking talking about um talking about or to people who are not christian condemning them uh and whatnot <coughs> We scream for grace when we are wrong. So we scream for grace when we do wrong, but we fail to give that same grace when somebody wrongs us. Again, we scream for grace when we are wrong. So if we make a mistake, we scream for people to give us grace. God, people, what have you. But when someone wrongs us, we 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 slow to want to give that same grace. Does anybody see an issue with that? I mean, everybody knows the Lord's Prayer: "Forgive those who trespass against us, as we forgive those; forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us." So if that's something that's in. A prayer that jesus was talking to us about shouldn't it be something that we focus on shouldn't we be better about giving that grace as opposed to not you know and it's been said and i i I wasn't even thinking about this you know there were if you want to be forgiven for your sins forgive other people And how can we expect God to forgive us if we don't forgive other people? Not to say that he won't, because it's grace. And that's the whole point of this message, grace. But how hypocritical are we? You know, I got mad because somebody cut me off and, you know, I was less than nice about it. God forgive me for that. But when somebody cuts me off, I wanna run them off the road and whatever and yada 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 blah blah blah, you know. So I cut them off, forgive me. Or they cut me off and I say something, forgive me. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. But the 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 opposite of that and I feel vindicated. So when people when people say rude things to me, I feel vindicated in telling them off. But if I do it, I need I need uh I need to so I mean, let's just let's Be better about giving grace to people let's <clears throat> uh, and a pr- a problem which this is connected to a lot of things I've talked about in the past episodes, but I mean it's a selfishness it's a people want to say you know like in the Bible it says an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth, but they don't say it in context. You know, that's what was said in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Jesus basically says, people do you wrong. Just give it to me. Somebody turn the other cheek. Don't don't sweat it. That means don't take your own revenge. Don't don't be mad at someone for 50 years for doing something to you when you expect people to get over it, when you do something equally as bad or worse. Oh, get over it. You hold grudges, blah, blah, blah. But someone do something to you. like mo- Owing money is one of the big things. <clears throat> and that's another thing that's in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, the there's the, the dude um, that uh, owes his master money, and he begs him to forgive him. And the master forgives him. Then that dude turns around and goes to somebody that owes him money, and it's just... Basically, beating him, beating him, dragging him out of his house, and we're going to kick him out. And then, you know, then it gets back to the other, the master, and he's like, Well, dude, I I forgave you. What are you you doing? Like, how are you going to come to me and ask me to forgive you? And then you're going to do that? Please. So, I'm going to say this last part one more time. We scream for grace when we are wrong, but we fail to want to give that same grace when we. Are wronged. We got to be better about that. Treat people as you want to be treated. You've heard that too. Some the golden rule maybe? Hmm. What a concept. Um, I'm going to briefly read Romans 14, 1, and then we are done. Romans 14, 1. and it says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Why am I reading that when in the concept of grace? Or what I'm talking about. We're not supposed to argue with the world about Jesus, if he's right or wrong, if he exists or doesn't exist. We're not supposed to go out throwing our weight around and telling people, oh, you're this or that if you don't believe in God, or you're this or that if you don't believe Christ died for you, or you're this and that, and you know, get into heated debates about it. That is not what we're called to do. That's what that verse is saying. I know it says weak believers, but wouldn't you say someone who doesn't believe in God is potentially a weak believer? You know, maybe, and a lot of people don't believe or well, a lot of people become atheists because they've been church hurt. <clears throat> Ain't got nothing to do with whether they believe or not. Somebody in the church did them wrong and they're like, well, I don't want any piece of that. And they walk away from the church. You know, and for a lot of the things we're talking about, because we're so busy trying to get our point across and argue and tell people how they're right or wrong. Well, this Bible verse is saying we need we don't need to we we don't need to argue. Why are we arguing? There's nothing to argue about. We don't need to argue. We know. We show love. Arguing with them isn't, arguing with the world isn't going to make them say, oh, you know what, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Because, I mean, in Proverbs it says, a gentle answer deflects wrath. So arguing, you know, and what I say, and harsh words right, raise tempers. So let's, Why why are we arguing? Let's not argue. Let's show love. Let's just let's just be that light that he's called us to be. And uh let's not be so quick to condemn and and hurt and be prideful and try to push our pride and our own agenda and just show the love of Christ. So Anyway, that, my friends, is the end of this. I want to suggest one thing to everybody hearing this. There's a song by Derek. Like he's a he's a Christian rapper, Derek Miner, and the song is "Dear Mr. Christian." It has Lecrae on it, and I, I am. Let me look. Let me look. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um. I don't want to forget the other brother's name. D1. Derek Miner, Lecrae, and D1. And that song is so powerful, so dope. And it's talking about what I'm talking about here. So I uh, I uh, encourage you to listen to that song in conjunction to this and i pray that it blesses you um so that being said next episode is about us putting up fronts uh when it comes to christianity and um the term christianese is connected with that so come back next week i mean again I pray I didn't offend you. I pray that people understand that what I'm trying to say. My heart, my heart is to build up people, to encourage people, so that we can be an encouragement to the world. Um, If we're not being the light, they can't see the light. So I pray that I pray those under the sound of my voice hear where my heart's coming from, and I'm blessed by that. Catch y'all next week. Love you. Peace.